Hey, Chris, Adam, Rachel, how are you guys? It's been so long. Hey, man. We just wanted to, uh, you know, check on you. Yeah, ever since we finished Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, you've kind of gone MIA. Yeah, what have you uh, been up to? Oh, man, I've been so busy. I, I started rereading the Turtle comics, and, and I got the TMNT 90 movie score on vinyl, and I've been listening to that, like, nonstop. I watched 190 episodes of the 80s cartoon, the entire Nick series, beat the arcade game, beat the NES game, and Turtles in Time, like, three times each, watched the 2007 CGI movie, and watched Turtles 90 again, like, four more times. Oh, God. Dude, y you need to take a break. I, I even watched both Michael Bay movies. Again. Oh, oh no. God. Ugh. God, guys, he's gone off the rails. I mean, truth be told, I've kind of felt a little directionless since the whole minute a day thing ended. Guys, guys, we need to help him. He's falling apart. He needs structure, and I think there's only one way to do it. Oh, please don't say it. We, we have, have to, to do, do Turtles, too. A minute at a time. I love this plan. I'm glad to be a part of it. Hey, hey, what are you guys whispering about? It's okay, Scott. We're here to help you. We're going to do The Secret of the Ooze a minute at a time. Think of it as like your daily dose of turtle therapy. It's like a sequel about the sequel. You might even say it'd be our... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Second time around. Ah! I love you guys. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute Season 2, a podcast discussing the secret of the ooze, one minute at a time. Available wherever you get your podcasts. A sequel bunga. Dueling genre. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. I'm Joseph Dorowski, and this week I'm joined by returning guest Kirsta Christensen to play a game we are calling Fairy Tale Mashup, we think. Well, welcome, Kirsta. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're more sure that I'm here than we are of the name, but I am here, so. Yes, uh, periodically, as regular listeners know, we like to play games of, uh, we've done elevator pitches. Uh, we've Kirsta, we had you on to play one we called Hitchcock Musical, where we took uh, directors or storytellers who were known for one genre and, and took another genre and tried to figure out how those would ma mash up. That was pretty satisfying. That was. And it was the kind of one where, like, the ones that we thought would be the worst ended up being the best, like, because we really had to work through them. Was it the... I really liked the Ken Burns oh silent film. Oh, my gosh. Film. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That, that turned out... It was like, okay, there's no way this can work. And then it's like, okay, this can work. Yeah. When you pulled out Ken Burns' silent film, it may have been cut, but I remember I was sitting around for a second going, we got to redraw, guys. Right. <laughs> this one is there's not no going to work. Uh, but this was inspired, Kirsta, by um, Andrew and I discussed Rapunzel's Revenge, uh, and, which takes the fairy tale of Rapunzel and moves it to the American West and does kind of a cowboy spin on that classic fairy tale. And you listened to that episode, and you had uh, we, we had you um, lined up to talk about a different thing. We may have you come back for that right. in the future. But you said I kind of have an idea for this game, and you said fairy tale mashup. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, and we'll get into this probably a little bit later. I love fairy tales. I love fairy tale retellings. And so I was listening to Rapunzel's Revenge and I was listening to the two of you talk about, um, all the fun things that Shannon and Jeannie Hill did with the story and updating and everything. And I was like, oh, what if we just did pitches the way we did with Hitchcock Musical? So I, yeah, I, I had the idea immediately and you were like, let's do it. And then I was like writing down genres like five minutes later. I was very excited. So, so the way this is going to work is we have a stack of cards with fairy tales mm -hmm. and a stack of cards with genres. Yeah, genres oh. or settings or tropes that are involved okay. in retellings. And then uh, we will draw one from each. Before we get to that, though, you had kind of asked a question when we in the prep that I wanted us to address. Why do you think retellings of classic stories still interest us? Like, when we know what the basic beats of the original story are, right. why, why are we fascinated by these retellings? So I think there are a couple things going on. Um, one is that a lot of these stories... Um, uh, were originally told orally, right? And so it was part of the tradition that the stories would be told over and over again, or variations of the story, or or you know different different like for legendary characters, different um, events in this person's chapters of this person's life. So um, so some of these date back to a time when you were always retelling stories over and over again. Um, but but in a generally in a fairly straightforward fashion, you weren't kind of making really big changes with them. And then um, and then. Recently, in the last in the last couple of couple of decades, um, fairy tale retellings have become a very significant genre. And I, you know, I think that Disney princess culture probably has helped out with that a little bit. Um, I think that in terms of writing, when you're doing a retelling, you have the basic plot structure already set out for you. And so what you're focusing on is character and motivation. Or you may be playing with the plot in a way that's really fun, like updating it or, or reversing the perspective or something. Um, but it, I think it also kind of lets you tap into a pre-existing audience of like, here's a story that you really love. Wouldn't you like to see, you know, another version of this or, or, and frankly, that's what, I mean, that's what Disney's been doing for much of its animated canon has just been doing, you know, straightforward, but very fleshed out versions of classic fairy tales. And I think this isn't just applied to fairy tales. Like how many versions of Pride and Prejudice exist out there now? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, obviously there are film versions that update it for, you know, a half dozen different ways, but how many books are mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, from this different point of view or set in this different location yeah. or just moving the time period up, you know, any of, any of those things we've seen, or even just like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're just going to do a full on mashup of the story, you know, with something else um, that that's going to mix it up a bit. It made me think about a book that I've been listening to on Audible called Hitmakers, The Science of Popularity in the Age of Distraction, which is by Derek Thompson. And in that, he talks about like what makes different forms of art popular and like rise to the top when there's so much out there. Like, Why do some of these things become the, the common texts that uh, a lot of people who are in tune with popular culture become familiar with? And he, he uses the terms neophobic and neophilic hmm. uh, for w w people who are scared of the new uh, and people who love the new, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, actually, most art is both of these. And it's like, where are we, f you know, on how new is it and how familiar is it? Because mm -hmm. we crave the familiar, but we also hate the redundancy. And we crave the new, but we need a, a toehold. <laughs> yeah. We need something that, that says it's familiar enough that, okay, I know where this is going. And I think all of these genre updatings or reimaginings provide that instantly mm -hmm. where you have the hook of, I know the little mermaid or I know little women, or I know this Shakespeare play. Um, but now it's new to me because it's set in a high school mm -hmm. or, you know, it's set in the old West or whatever it may be. And so you're, you're satisfying the, the both those cravings of a familiarity, but newness, um, yeah. you can be satisfied simultaneously. I also really love stories that have, um, 
um, you know, almost like Easter eggs or or sort of hidden, you know, hidden depths to them. Um, when I was on, when we were talking about the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, um, however long ago that was, uh, there, there was We've a fun... We've had you on a lot, haven't I'm just so popular. <laughs> it's just so hard. Um, I... I one thing they do is they have instead of having her aunt gardener take her to visit the Lake District and or I guess Derbyshire, um, her thesis advisor sends her to go do um, a, a shadowing at Pemberley Digital, this company. And that was the fact that her thesis advisor was Dr. Gardner. Like, I'm familiar enough with Pride and Prejudice. I picked up on that immediately. And then later on, when I was reading some discussions about her, some people in the comments are like, did you notice that, like, instead of her aunt doing this, it's her thesis advisor. Like, oh, my gosh, that's so brilliant. It's Dr. Gardner. And I just so I just love little gems and Easter eggs that maybe not everyone's going to pick up on. But um, but it's just fun to find those little details in there. Well, it's not necessary for the plot, right? Correct. It, right. But, right. but it becomes like a little, aha, I I understand. <laughs> you know, I, yes, I, I get I that, that reference. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, I, I'm trying to remember the two extremes of referentiality I've heard, I, I heard in a class at one point, where it's like, there's the T.S. Eliot School of Referentiality, where it's like, you're not going to understand what's happening unless you've read every book I've read, okay? And and I'm going to make you feel ignorant for not knowing it. I can't remember what the other school was, but it's like, if you understand, you're going to get joy out of this. And if you don't, you're still going to follow the plot. Mm-hmm. That's the other school of refer- right. referentiality. And um, I think th- taking it, a story that some people may be very familiar with and updating it in a way that's going to be interesting to a larger audience allows mm-hmm. for kind of both to happen simultaneously, actually. Yeah, and then one of the interesting questions is, do people have to be familiar with the original story in order to get that? Because on the flip side, I read a I read a story once that was a um, it was like a science fiction update of a of a classic tale that that has a romantic element, and I noticed I was reading through some of the reviews on a on social media and half of them seemed to be like really like the main character and the love interest and really like that. And then half of them were like, I just felt like it was unmotivated. I didn't get why they liked each other. And reading more carefully, I realized that the people who liked the love interest were people who were familiar with the original book. And the people who didn't think it was motivated were not. And so it was sort of like the author didn't quite sell the love interest in this version. But if you'd read the other one, you were kind of primed to believe that these characters were going to end up together. You already invested in that right. relationship working out. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's an interesting question of, of you know, I think some people, the way they play with a story, there are things that you are not going to get. You know, it would be like if you watched Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead and had no idea what Hamlet was. Like, you're going to miss a lot if you don't know anything about Hamlet. But at the same time, um, you know, for other people, they're going to retell a story. And like, you know, if the very first version of Beauty and the Beast you see is like the Disney Beauty and the Beast, you're you're getting a lot of, you know, they're making their own changes, but you're getting the main story. You're not going to miss huge things from not having read like the original French or, or, or even or like the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, right? Yes, it's mm-hmm. happening a lot, but right. you don't have to know Pride Prejudice to enjoy the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Right. Um, but I think some of these retellings, maybe you do <laughs> have to. Well, shall we play this game? Uh, Producer Andrew, you have a green card, which is, what's on the green card? I can't, um, one of them is a fairy tale, one of them is a genre. I can't remember which is which. Okay. Uh, blue is the fairy tale okay. and green is the genre. What have you drawn for us? A dystopian Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> which seems on the nose. Right, <laughs> right. I can, I can feel that. Right. That, I don't, that jives. Yeah, I, I don't listen to the Little Red Riding Hood story and think, she's in a utopia. Right. <laughs> Everything is fine. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so the elements of Little Red Riding Hood, um, you have the mother and the daughter and the forest and the wolf and or the grandmother, grandmother right, yeah. and the and a woodchopper or a huntsman or something. Um, 
There's, so you, a, there's an objective, a destination, and a, a threat, a, a, right. a travel, a right. threat, and, and there's a, a, a rescuer, mm-hmm. a naive innocent who can't save herself, <laughs> right? Right. In, in right. This, but she's she's but, skeptical of the wolf, right? Yeah. But this is also a point of transition. Like, I, mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 and I'm sure there have been dozens of retellings where after this happens, she could take care of herself. Like, yes. this is her yes. her loss of innocence into and, the woods. Friends. <laughs> yes, this is her loss of innocence, and uh, she's she's transformed through mm-hmm. this experience. Okay, and then with dystopian, um, with dystopia, often you have this very controlled, perfect-seeming society that then has this like seedy underbelly of things that are kind of going wrong underneath it. So there's or, or like the outright post-apocalyptic dystopia. That's a separate genre. Oh, <laughs> post-apocalyptic. So we're, we're going with like the political dystopia, like right. o- over and, overbearing government, and, and and I should say some of these are subgenres of each other, and we certainly could do post-apocalyptic, but we also might come up, go up with okay. post-apocalyptic. That might be on so, another card. Right. So this is more a Hunger Games dystopia, not a or a nineteen eighty four or or matched or. Um, yeah, yeah, I would think so. And the other thing I'll say is often um with fairy tales you'll get you'll get um characters who are, you know, something that seems kind of sexist or characters are like not very well motivated. And often that will be those motivations will be adjusted a little bit or kind of shored mm-hmm. up. Um so so you know, we're we're free to we're free to if we want to make Hunt, uh, Red Riding Hood a little bit more uh, empowered. Yeah. I think I think the so the natural dystopian threat is a government threat. 1984, mm-hmm. well, Hunger Games style. So is the wolf... I was going to say, the wolf is going to be the enforcer or like the thing that keeps people in line. Like the threat of the wolf is what keeps people in line. Yeah, in so this, that lines up. Yeah, in this. Uh, and I think in this case, um, I feel like the force should be like that seedy underbelly that no one's supposed to actually go to. <laughs> Is that yeah no that makes sense but then why is the mother sending her into the forest was the mother sending her there or did she accidentally kind of end up <laughs> okay so maybe she was supposed to take another path to the grandmother yeah she's supposed to take uh, subway a and ended up on d whoops <laughs> and but doesn't there okay so how does how does the character usually i guess hunger games is already pretty i mean they're already have a pretty miserable life but i'm thinking of um I'm thinking of also dystopias where, like, everything seems like it's going fine and perfectly, and then suddenly this sort of crack appears beneath the surface. I'm wondering if maybe uh, we say somehow the mother is has become a little more upper crust situation. Okay. Like, she's more settled in okay. whatever the dystopia She's in a more position of power, but the grandmother is not, and now the grandmother has this moment, and the mother hasn't turned her back on her enough that she's going to completely ignore this. Okay. But she also can't be the one to help the grandmother. Okay. So the okay, so the mother, so so basically, the mother, the mother is kind of turning her a blind eye, kind of trying to ignore it all, but knows it's still kind of bad in the back of her mind, and so she sends the red, red to go because for some reason the mother can't be the, the one to be go seen, okay. or or has the mother just gotten so far away from it she doesn't think it's still dark and red. And she wants... doesn't. She doesn't think the wolves are still out there, so to speak, metaphor. Mm-hmm. Whatever the wolf. Ends she up she just thinks. No, we've come so far, and we've been in this good society for fifteen years now. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not bad, uh, you know. Between here and grandma, and is Red asking about grandmother, or is the mom legitimately worried about grandmother and wanting to go help but can't if be Red the one asks, to go? That makes her a little bit more of an active character, mm-hmm. a little more agentive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agentive. That's one of Todd's favorite words to describe. <laughs> I'm I was gonna say, like, you must have a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> Your peachy is in the word agentive. <laughs> yes. 
so I, I, I mean, we're kind of we're, we got a muddled version of the mother, why the mother might be sending her to the grandma, and maybe it's through marriage or some other means. The mother kind of lucked out, and mm-hmm. but the grandmother got left behind on the on the worst side of this dystopia. Yeah. Um. What do we want to do for the big bad wolf? Um. And obviously, if we're doing this YA, there are going to be two huntsmen who rescue her. <laughs> <laughs> and the love the triangle. <laughs> yes. The It'll be left ambiguous which one she's more interested in, but clearly they're both interested in her. <laughs> right. Okay, so is this I'm I'm curious about the geography. Is there some sort of like very nice central city where they live and the mother I mean, this is this is a little hunger games, but I think that's okay. Or or I am also thinking um Star Wars Coruscant, where there's there's like upper the, levels and the, lower the capital, levels. Oh, yeah, the capital okay. planet is all just one giant city, okay. and the upper level is where the upper class ruling class are. Okay. And the lower you go in the city it's, towards the core of the okay. actual crust of the earth, the worse it is. What if what if Red is sneaking away, but her mother realizes that she's sneaking her way, and her mother secretly tries to help her? What if what if Red's mother can't help her because she's married to whoever, and and she's, she's a government yeah right, a government right. agent enough that would be a scandal, but, right? You know, you know, Caesar's wife must be, but so but then but. but but she knows that Red wants to go visit her grandmother, and so she like secretly packs stuff in a basket to help her. Or, or um, in the in the way that still always feels a little bit irresponsible, gives like Dumbledore giving Harry just enough information <laughs> to nearly die in the first Harry Potter book. Right. Uh, right. She is leaving those seeds, but allowing Red to feel like she is figuring it all out herself. Mm-hmm. I kind of like what Kirsten was saying, where the mother is committed to her grandmother. But has to maintain certain appearances. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a dangerous scenario, and that's why she's putting her daughter into a dangerous mm-hmm. environment. It's like, Grandma's going to die if you don't get this medicine to her, but I can't do anything. So yeah. I'm I'm pushing you to go to the CD underground. We're now entering which, the village as which well. I never, <laughs> I never wanted you to see yeah. because that's why I married the guy, yeah. is so that I could raise you in yeah. the upper crust. And I, I mean, with whatever it is that she's preparing, I'd like it to be more than just like medicine that's going to help her once. But can she get something else to grandma that's going to help her to thrive a little more <laughs> than maybe she has been? You yeah. know, even if it's not for whatever reason, she can't bring grandma all the way back. Is right. there, you know? Yeah. Okay. And then if you've got something like that, it's some sort of MacGuffin. We'll we'll say that <laughs> would like the mom has collected enough money that grandma can step up in society or, and and afford medication, but also elevate her class Mm -hmm. and that would be appealing to a wolf who is maybe an agent of the government on the lower levels but wants to raise himself in elevation so he wants to steal that what if the wolf portrays himself as like a member of the rebellion like the like yeah whatever the the huntsmen are really going to be from (laughs) right and and befriends her and Mm -hmm. makes her think that he you know that he's part of the do you ever, do you and ever... we call him Remus Lupin in a in a way that no one will ever associate <laughs> no, with wolf kind. Wolfie Wolferson. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll give him or his initials Wee Wolf or something. Um, or... B B W. <laughs> What's that from? Big Bad Wolf. <laughs> no, just Big Bad Wolf. Okay. Yeah, I, just I, say, yeah. I was going to say. I think if I've like I'm sure it's been used. Well, yeah. in fables, it was Big B. Oh, that's there right. There we go. There that's it what is. I was thinking Yes, of. Big, Big B. B. Yes. That's what it was. It wasn't BB. It was Big yeah, B. Yeah, Big B. Um, yeah, so... so. By the way, just Fables is uh, a comic book series that does exactly what we're describing. Right. It reinterprets all fairy tales right. into, uh, well, every style of storytelling in New York City. Yes. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. War, noir, crime, <laughs> rom-com. It's all yeah, in there. Yeah, I've got about five different genres in there that apply to Fables. Um yeah, so, okay, so so something's wrong with Grandma, and maybe they can only, maybe they can only 
they can like communicate at a distance, some kind of email or something, but grandma hasn't talked to her in a few days. And so she's really worried about I, I think it could be of like, I, maybe at first we think the mom is completely just like mm-hmm. given up, but we, we come to find out like the grandma was excited for her, for her daughter to move up. Right. To, you know, this was her daughter's ticket out of right. this bad situation, the forest and, or whatever and, it is. And her daughter can technically stay in touch with her, but it's kind of frowned on. And it's a little and, sketchy the ways that she right, has. Right. And, and now her daughter hasn't heard from her, um, in a really long time. And I, I don't want the mother in a fairy tale to always be evil. <laughs> and this, mm-hmm. you know, makes everything... Yeah. I, well, it also makes the grandmother's motivation for letting her, her mm-hmm. daughter go mm-hmm. make more sense. And also, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the daughter still maintaining the eye, even though she really shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, makes her a more interesting character. So, um, so let's say that... So the daughter... Um, what What technology level are we talking about? Because I think I'm assuming some sort of, like current or futuristic technology because I've got like email and stuff. I was anticipating kind of Blade Runner-y. Okay, sure. Oh, I wanted to say crappy fax machines. That's what we're... Okay, we can do that. We can do that. A long time ago in a fax machine far, far away. Or no, wait, no, wait. Uh, uh, Pneumatic tubes. (laughs) I want want pneumatic tubes. (laughs) We're doing more steampunk at that point than dystopian. (laughs) Save it. Save it, yes. (laughs) So, uh, we can do all 20. Sorry, Andrew, we're going to be here all night. Um, So, um, okay, so, so her, the grandmother regularly communicates with a daughter which is sort of frowned upon in her class but they understand and so she's so like they have been discussing but the grand the daughter hasn't been able to visit the grandmother in a very long time because tensions have gotten kind of worse. I mean is it not just frowned upon but is it li- literally secret communication that's being passed through servants or, or whatever it may or be? maybe it's the kind of thing where like technically her husband knows about it but other people don't and it's and it's like she needs to keep it on the down and the husband's kind of turning a blind eye because yeah. he really does so love her is the husband's <laughs> red's father or is he like a stepfather are we gonna throw stepfathers into the bus we don't have to I, I feel like just a, a, father, a father in this case. Yeah. Focus more on Red. And- but 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 he's more, like, he, he is the committed, like, he's a believer. In- yes, and he's, yeah, he's a company man. And yeah. he's from this class, and yeah. he, yeah. Uh, and it was sort of a scandal for him that he married Red's mother, and so, um, and so he's... But they've stabilized things. But oh, yeah. If, but yeah. if Red's mother was seen going down, right. then that right. would be a problem. And, and oh, because so of that Red initial can, scandal. Because Red can yeah. Red can sneak through because she's underage or something. Yeah. You know, she's not yeah. going to get scammed or something. Or she, or she is just uh, like she goes in disguise. Like, yeah, like the hood. Yeah, is, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Literally, yeah. yeah. If you wear this, you're not going to be seen. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So you go to grandma with this, and then we still need to figure out the big bad wolf approaching her. Yeah. How that leads to the big bad wolf so, impersonating grandma. So and let's say that she so she, maybe she takes a cloak. Maybe okay, maybe she has red hair and she takes like a black coat to hide her red hair, which would be sort of a fun little twist on mm-hmm. her your hair's red. Um and um and uh and so she grabs this cloak to save herself and maybe like her like you know personal like like personal digital assistant or something the basket that her mother has actually secretly loaded with like maps and stuff. And maybe there's like food in the, in the, um, in the Coke. So her mother's actually like been stocking up for her and she doesn't realize that until, until she's kind of part of the way into the, into the forest. And maybe there's some, like maybe her parents are going out of town. Maybe there's some, like there's a good opportunity for her to get away mm-hmm. and, or, or, you know, she's supposed to be going somewhere anyway. So she sneaks down into the Whatever forest. the forest is. So yeah. <laughs> um, you can't see my scare quotes. <laughs> I'm scare quoting the microphone. Um, so she goes in the forest and she almost immediately runs into trouble, but someone rescues her named Wolfie McWolfson. <laughs> I was going to say Wolfenstein, but. <laughs> Wolfowski. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and 
And so he convinces her that he's, you know, she, she confides in him where she's going. And he tells her he's part of this, like, rebellion underground movement or something. And she believes him. But he somehow convinces her to go pick some flowers or go off the path or something. So I think he has to be, like we said... Like, the husband, uh, Red's dad, mm-hmm. is going to be, like, a real company man. This has to be, like, even more, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no, doing like anything super... for the dystopic government. Whatever right. the government is. Super And as soon yeah. as he becomes suspicious, like, he needs all the information so he can take down whoever has sent the spy. Like, in his mind. Right. Like, you know, right. this isn't just helping grandma. This is helping the whole rebellion. You know, what, right. what, he's suspicious immediately. Right. Um, and... Or she... Or she... <laughs> 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 Evil people don't have to be male in fairy tales. Um... Okay, and so, and he convinces her, so she has this path that's plotted out on her little, on her little digital map that her mother loaded in, but he convinces her to go off the path and, and take another route, um, which slows her down. Meanwhile, he goes to grandma's house. Right, right. And, and assassinates her because he believes she's part of the rebellion now. Or maybe just drugs her. She doesn't always die, depending <laughs> on the story. She's often um, cut out alive. So maybe maybe he thinks he's assassinated her. Yes. Right, but but the, right. the huntsman can can revive her. Grandma <laughs> has been building up an immunity to iocane powder. <laughs> well, he uses, he uses the government typical yes. toxin, and she is part of the resistance. And right. they don't know about that, so she's actually oh, yeah. been yeah, building yeah, yeah. up yeah. an immunity to the typical government okay. toxin. But she is knocked out seemingly dead. And yes. what The classic if... seemingly dead drug <laughs> and what if there's another character who seems like just a ruffian no like i'm thinking like an artful dodger type <laughs> i'm thinking like strider at the golden pony at the, at the mm. prancing pony um mm. who like oh yeah this person's like a really rough character we don't know who it is and then it turns out that person's the huntsman who really is on that yeah. and maybe the wolf even rescues her from the huntsman or I was gonna say the wolf putting her off the path put her in contact with oh sure the sure. huntsman and so okay. he's thwarted himself okay yeah yeah so so the huntsman the huntsman seems like he's really like rough and shady and not a good person but he actually is trying to manipulate her to get on the path without revealing who he is and without putting her in danger and so she ends up not being able to pursue this other path was the huntsman like did Red's mom like give word to the huntsman like keep an eye out. <laughs> or does he just no, know? I think he's just part just of the, the goodness of his own heart. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think, or or maybe, yeah. I don't. I don't know if he needs to know everything. I think he just is sort of like. Or the love interest is going to be the one that the mom did contact to keep an eye on. No, the the love triangle interest that will carry out for six books. Um, um, so okay, so then she gets back on the path, but by the time she gets there, she realizes that. Oh no, she doesn't realize yet, does she? So she, so she, she sees she she gets to grandma's house and she sees that that Wolf House. Okay, and we say like she he plays it as though someone else has gotten to grandma. Right, right. right. And so she sees him there, okay, and, she, and she that's still a, tries, that's she a good trick on yeah. that. And so you get the high tension scene, right. of him trying to hide the body or the evidence yeah. or whatever, or or he's even open like, look, someone did this to your grandma. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're he, too late. And she and she's surprised to see him. You know, surprised to see him, but he's just like, no, I came. You know, I I was trying to get here to help you out. And or even it's the classic, she's like so concerned about grandma, she doesn't even question at first why he's there. Right. Until right. like things, something. something clicks right. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it should be something that, and I think it should be something that one of those like, and, and he says, and you know, and I can't believe that you're, you know, so-and-so's daughter or something. And she's like, I never told you yeah, that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she's just like, yeah, this is a good, I'm excited to watch this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, or like an indication that grandma 
communicated with him. It's like, well, she must have been alive when you got here. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, some sort of like, I, you know, I never said it was poison kind of thing mm-hmm. where I never, or I never said whose daughter I was or something. Or, the, or a name, you know, one of those. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If he knows her name or something, that'd be really good. Um, And so, how does it go in the fairy tale? Does he, her, no. Or, she gets eaten in the fairy tale and the huntsman comes yeah. and rescues her. <laughs> okay. Well, so and she's case, still fine because this wolf apparently one bite. Just swallow her all. <laughs> so would that be he poisons her, Huntsman shows up, yeah. and gives her an antidote, but Grandma doesn't need an antidote because she's been building up a tolerance, but the Huntsman's part of the she resistance. Was, grandma and... was just sleeping it off. <laughs> okay. I... We got to wrap this one up. We got to yeah. move on. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want, maybe we can just like tell, not show, but maybe, maybe Grandma rescues her because I don't necessarily mm. want the Huntsman to rescue her because we yeah. do want to like sort of. That's a nice touch. Yeah. 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 The Grandma rescues her and then, and then the Huntsman comes and kind of finishes like, like Grandma rescues her and puts her out of immediate danger, and then the husband comes and sort of does something anyway. But I don't want the husband to rescue. He's an her. ally, but yeah, not the... yeah. No. Or maybe maybe Grandma Grandma rescues her and fights him off. He runs away, and the huntsman catches him and comes in, and then it turns out the huntsman is her is. A and they're all there. part of the resistance. And yes, love triangle. Yes. And she and knows the huntsman, two. and they've been looking for this yeah. double agent. Right. Okay. And book two. Yeah. Book yeah. Two. We'll worry about love triangle later. Okay. <laughs> That's not bad. All right. Shuffle the cards, Andrew. Well, they've already been shuffled. Shuffle just... them more. Okay. <laughs> Draw from the center. Just... Draw from the center. Yeah, cut, cut the, cut cut the, the deck. deck. Yeah. <laughs> contemporary setting. Okay. Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Okay. So, so contemporary modern setting with mm-hmm. the Goldilocks the and the Three, three bears. bears. Okay. So clearly the bears are going to have to be a metaphor for something. I was, rooms, I was thinking immediately. Dating sites. Of, <laughs> of, I, I mean, I was thinking sports teams. The oh, bears. Oh. <laughs> but... That's maybe too easy. Yeah. <laughs> but there are sports teams called bears. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Various types. This is one I feel a little bit like the Ken Burns Silent Film, where it's like, we better toss this one out. But we should <laughs> no, stick with no. it and see okay. what we come up with. Goldilocks, as a woman, is penetrating the male-dominated sports sphere. Mm-hmm. And she's... Is this like a Fox three... show pitch that lasted five episodes? <laughs> and the, there's three different bears sports teams. There's a basketball one, a football one, and a baseball one, and it's finally the one that's the right fit for her. So she's the Bo Jackson of of all sports <laughs> in this instance. Or what and, if and she... So she she tries basketball, and and they're all too tall. And then she tries football, and they're all too big. And then she tries baseball, and it's just right. Or what if she what if she is trying to get interviews with three of the players? Well, I was going to say, like, okay, moving past one. Like, uh, like things where you try and find the perfect match. So, dating, mm-hmm. <laughs> dating, jobs, mm-hmm. school, sport, you know, sports teams. I think all of these are things where you can say... In high school, you try out different clubs and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Different versions of yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think we can definitely carry over the idea of this seeming right, but not being quite right. Mm-hmm. This seeming right and close, but not quite right. Mm-hmm. It's just exactly which There's a lot version. Of options. Yeah. What feels I like that trying out different versions of yourself in yeah. high school. You, yeah. I saw you, so like, you like, like clicked the most for like, that one. The high school mascot is the bears. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have a girl, and she it's 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 a search for self-identity. It's a teenager yeah. Yeah. kind of oh, heartfelt yeah. movie. So like one day she's a goth, but then mm-hmm. it's a, you know, that is the she's one the drama she, geek. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then Do we want to put a mystical element into this? I mean, does that, Goldilocks and the Three Bears have a mystical element other than talking bears? I'm not, I'm I'm not fine really. with yeah. But they are talking bears who eat porridge. <laughs> but I was kind of thinking and have of it, like 
there's like Disney. I mean, it's like, it's uh, like a Disney freak, Channel movie. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a or like a Freaky Friday where there's some mystical element where like two sisters switch mm-hmm. and one's a really brainy one and one's a really um, so jock forth. one. Yeah. yeah, or and so yeah, cheerleader. If you have one something or... like that where she has like wished on a star and so she's going to try out all these things until she finds the right one uh-huh. that fits ooh, and that's ooh, a really fun wait. acting challenge for right. somebody and, and we can add so not only do we get like the Freaky Friday body switching style comedy mm-hmm. we can do a Groundhog's Day where she's reliving the same first day of high school she just oh, moved to the new high school that's good and, and she's gonna try to be a different version of herself until she finds her true self. Yeah, which was yeah. who she already was. Yeah. Right. Obviously, right. because that's Because the friend, you know, the, the, the one she wanted to be was the one she was all along. Yeah. And, and the high school mascot is the bear or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and so they get referred to as bears. And then, it's, I mean, it's kind of like high school musical. You get to play with all the different cliques yeah. that yes. exist in so, okay. And different fashion styles. Yeah. And she gets to, to dress and behave in all the different ways. And so she's, and she's moving to a new school. Yes, so moving to like, a new yeah. school, first day yeah. of high school, when mm-hmm. already everyone's going to be a little right. more extra version of themselves right. on the first and day of high school. And she... <laughs> and she sees how her interactions affect other people. Ooh. Should we do, like, the first week? Or... I think we could do first day. I mean, it'll first be day. it'll be, like, unbelievable effects, but I think the more compressed time frame is a little yeah. bit stronger. Um, yeah, so we have to say, like, every time she tries something until it's the right one, the day is just ruined. Like, <laughs> every... The, the social dynamics completely fall apart because yeah. she screws up the system. Or, yeah. or Yeah, and even if it's not, like, ruined for everyone, she sees she's had a negative impact on someone, you know, yes. in a way that makes her say, I don't I, feel I, good I about this day. I need to try this again. I, yeah. I wish I could do this day over again yeah. and try it again. Guys, I love this game so much. <laughs> this one's really cool. I think, I think that's it. I mean, that's, yeah. all, that's all yeah. you have to do. And you know that you're going to go through, like, seven or eight different iterations of the right. day, at least. Right. And maybe just... Maybe a montage of several of the days, and so there's like 25 different right. things. <laughs> there's a montage where you just see her walking like uber goth, <laughs> shoulder slumped, like black more, hair. More goth, less goth. And, and then the next day, she's it's walking out of the house and she's wearing like softball uniform and uh, got the bat it, over her shoulder. What if it starts out? It starts out, okay, it starts out with the first day of school. And then, like everything goes wrong, and it turns out it's a nightmare. And then she, and then she wakes up, but then she actually does relive the first day of school. So the first, she's just like, "Oh my gosh, I thought I was, you know." And, and and it's the sort of like, you know, you're you're naked and you haven't studied for the test and all this stuff. And, she, and then she like wakes up, and then it really is the first day of school. But then we Groundhog Day, like the whole mm-hmm. the whole first week or something. And it it needs to be like if she goes into the first day, I feel like she should go into the first day trying to do something that's not too crazy. Mm-hmm. So she's still being herself, or maybe she's like she's kind of depressed about being herself. It's like yeah. I'm not, I'm yeah. not gonna make any friends. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna fit in anywhere. It's good, like I don't care. And then the last day when she gets it right has to be, I should just try to be myself. I should I'm, try right. to embrace and be a what, source of kindness to everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not just choosing yeah. Yeah, that I, should I, be okay. I should not be so because then she's gonna know everybody. Well, yeah. I was gonna say at that point and be able to effectively, you know, create a positive experience mm-hmm. for more people. One reason why she may be doing this is if we bring in Mean Girls, she's never really ha- like say she's coming from somewhere where she never really had a traditional school experience. So, right. so that first day when she doesn't quite know how to what act, if she was homeschooled. She, or yeah, <laughs> something like that. Where she's just not familiar with. Yeah, she yeah. sees these kind of exaggerated clicks all around mm-hmm. her, and she's like, "Oh, I don't belong to any of these." And then yeah. we see her cycle through trying each one. Yes, yeah. and then she comes out and it's like, 
I don't need to try to belong to any of them. I'll find a place. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's how they all got to where they are. Yeah, it's, or it's somehow or somehow she Give needs time and or like she happen. gets a fortune cookie and the and the fortune cookie <laughs> says find your place and so she and she like sees all the clicks and decides on the first day she picks that one. Mm-hmm. And and then she like goes into that click and then it's like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think we've cracked that one. Yeah. No, we're good. I did not think we were going to when that you read it off. But <laughs> Disney Channel, you have our numbers. Yes. Yeah. We're just a little bit of Groundhog Day, a little bit of Freaky Friday. We're good. <laughs> Which somehow weirdly makes it a good Goldilocks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's a lot of other stuff, but it still comes out as Goldilocks. All right. Hansel and Gretel, alternate history. Okay. So, so alternate history, like an iron sky thing where like the Nazis went to the moon. Yes, or or yeah, and that was a, or that was the a genre. U.S. lost the Revolutionary War. That was a genre I, I thought of more recently because I had historical fiction in there that I was like, "Ooh, what if you did alternate history?" And in fairness, alternate history fairy tale is not done a lot. Technically, I think Jasper Ford's um, Thursday Next series because it's alternate history and it's like yeah. retelling. Um, it's a bit much, but it could be fun. <laughs> yes, and, and we didn't trust the Goldilocks pick a minute ago, and right, I think we landed right. there. All right, so Hansel and we and didn't Gretel. Pick All right, well, let's walk through Hansel and Gretel. They're breadcrumbs in the woods. Breadcrumbs, tree, yes. or uh, house made of candy. They're, they're always well, wearing lederhosen. So, so, okay, so, and, and this is, I actually went through and read, like, the Grimm's synopses of all of these. Oh boy, tell so, us how dark it really is. Oh <laughs> okay, so Hansel, Hansel and Gretel, um, their mothers died, their father remarries, because we're throwing stepmothers under the bus because it's Grimm's fairy tales. Um, and and they don't have enough food, and so the mother or stepmother wants to take the kids into the for- forest and just leave them there. And the father goes along with this kind of, sort of a passive guy. Passive fairy tale dads. See also Cinderella's father. Um, and so, evil stepmothers. Yes. So the first. See also. <laughs> so the first time um, Hansel puts puts stones in his pocket, and then at night he can follow the stones back. Um, but the second night, the the mother locks the door so that he can't go get the stones. So then he does breadcrumbs. So then he drops the breadcrumbs, but then they can't follow the breadcrumbs because um, because the birds eat them. So then they find the candy house. With, in, the witch. with the witch in the forest, and um, and she wants to fatten Hansel up to eat him and make Gretel work for her, but she can't see very well. So Hansel's in a cage, and so he keeps putting like a bone through yeah. and does his finger. And eventually, she gets bored, um, or not bored. She gets tired of waiting for him to get fat, so she decides she's going to put him in the oven. And she keeps telling Gretel to start the oven, but she knows Gretel knows that she's going to put her in the oven. So Gretel's like, how do you do it? How do you start the oven? I don't know. It's probably a wood stove. Those are actually rather hard to start. Um, so so the witch gets really frustrated. So it's like, here, here's how you do it. And Gretel shuts the oven door. The and which inside. Which, yeah, and so she can burn up. And then she rescues Hansel. And then they um, find their way back to the father's house. And the stepmother has died by then randomly. <laughs> <laughs> and they found their way without a trail of bread. Yeah, which does yeah. make this you is... wonder: was the stepmother the witch all along? <laughs> I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> Maybe we can do that. Yeah. We can do that. Yes. Okay. okay. Alternate now, history. Alternate history. We, we can also make this like tiny alternate history as well. I mean, this can be like like Spider Man multiverse. Like you what know. if? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like yeah. So it can be, it can be like you know Civil War, World War Two ends differently, or we can just be like the New York, the NYPD, or now the PDNY. <laughs> That's the only difference. <laughs> I just wanted to be some sort of alternate history where Lederhosen are allowed in style. Okay. Uh, in... Okay, we can do that. <laughs> what Let's... time period do we want them in? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because the alternate history, you could say the turning point is anywhere. Right. And you said it like 10 years after right. this, you know, the U.S. lost the Revolutionary War, but it's still 1790. You know, that sort of yeah. thing. Or Okay, and you want... We don't really need leader hose. It's just how I always envisioned Hansel and Gretel. Well, you're not wrong. And there's a... I do always also think of, there's a Bugs Bunny cartoon with Hansel and Gretel. Hansel. Where he's always, Hansel. Hansel. <laughs> you just can't believe the name Hansel exists. <laughs> yes. I, I should say, as as we've been going along, I did want to bring up notable retellings of these stories. And the Bugs Bunny cartoon with Hansel and Gretel is certainly a notable retelling. I haven't had much to say about the other one so far. Um, yeah. Not much Goldilocks and the Three Bears. I mean... A picture story. Yeah, like and and I think they show up in, in Jasper Ford's books, but lots of people show up in Jasper Ford's yeah. books. Um, uh, but listeners, feel free to tell us about the twelve versions we're right. unaware of <laughs> because yes, the hints, the, the cyberpunk retelling of of Goldilocks well, and the Three Bears. Okay, alternate history. <clears throat> yeah, okay, let's, we should. Yeah, yeah, do we want to keep it German, or do we like? Do we not care? Where you know where? I mean, we j- yeah, that's we just have to know enough about it to like. And I'm not, history is not my strong suit, I have to say. <laughs> um, Joseph, pick a major historical event to reverse. <laughs> the plague. The plague. So the plague doesn't happen. Yeah. And so the, the Dark Ages don't, Europe, don't Europe's, hit quite as hard. Yeah, Europe's population <laughs> does not take a massive hit in the 1400s. And that, of and... course, leads to candy houses being built. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we should start with the candy house and work backwards. Um, so there's a famine. There's some kind of famine going on. That that sets the things up originally. Because there's so many people, because the plague didn't happen. And so the crops, it, like... Okay. There's a, it's Europe a never got Thanos snapped. <laughs> it's a population boom. And so the resources are thin. And that's why the... The, fam- the, the stepmother is like, we don't have enough food. Because literally there's not enough food. There's too many people and not enough food. Because they haven't yet modernized farming. <laughs> I think they, they have, but the, well, I, they, they so not, not to take, not they, to the. They haven't adopted dwarf wheat that you can plant <laughs> yeah, in larger exactly, fields. Exactly, yeah. We're going all Jared Diamond on this. Um, okay, so <laughs> the, the continents are at a slightly different angle. So, so like, resources are scarce. Uh huh. Lots of population. Yes. Somehow there's enough empty forest space to try to lose children. <laughs> and. Again. Or, or you try to lose them in the populated town. There's just so many people. <laughs> and someone built a house out of candy during a famine. <laughs> and she's hungry. Like, turn and eat a wall, witch. <laughs> candy house is a hard... That's a hard nut to crack in an adaptation. Like, how do you make it not a candy house? Particularly in an alternate history one. <laughs> like, uh, for one very small region... Pastries really took off, <laughs> but it does it it does make sense for the witch to want to eat the children because resources are scarce. <laughs> but I still haven't gotten candy house. I don't feel like we've cracked this one yet, guys. <laughs> no. Um. So okay, let's abandon. Let's say it's a metaphorical candy house. Okay. What could have it be besides the literal candy in an alternate history that would make any sense? That would that, that would entice children to come yeah. hang out there so that she can eat. Them. I mean, already okay. Like they're being driven out by a murderous stepmother. Yeah, so it's, so it's, it's not like bad. you really need to entice them, but so much to go somewhere else. Okay, candy house. Well. I mean, if it if she makes it look like she has resources of some kind, if she makes it look like a farm, mm-hmm. that's it's a land of milk and honey. 
happen. Yeah, like it, it looks like she has three cows, and they've never seen someone have that many cows. So. Wealthy. Or what if the house is just decorated very brightly, like it's like it's almost painted like a candy house, mm. and that's something where like most people can't afford, you know, paint or a nice house or something, and so she looks like she's very wealthy, and so it's. They're very... hoping that she'll take them in. Yeah. I, I I think I may have something here. Okay. Maybe not. Feel free to shoot me down in a moment. They're not so much being driven out by a murder stepmother. Okay. As they need to go earn their way somewhere. They're going door to door selling something. Okay. And this house looks like, oh, they're actually going to buy. Everyone else is too poor. But big this house spender. looks, mm-hmm. yes, this is the big spender. Okay. For the Thin Mints they're selling. I don't know what it is that they're selling. <laughs> does it, does later, Hosen. Does the, they're selling later, <laughs> The stepmother sent them out to earn their way by selling later, Door to door. And he's been leaving a trail of buttons. <laughs> I still don't know what alternate history point we're supposed to be at. No, it the, was alter- the, plague. the alternate history point is the point where later Hosen became unfashionable, never happened. <laughs> and later Hosen are still fashionable. Right. <laughs> like okay. they are, and then they the go height there of fashion. And they're a sign of upper class living, and that's why well, the stepmother still has a supply of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so they go to the house, which takes them in, captures them. Why does she want to eat them? <laughs> well, I mean, is instead of a witch, we just, say she that she wants to sell them, them into slavery she, or, or something? Or is she kidnapping them for a ransom? I think that makes more sense Hosen, than cannibalism. <laughs> because later Hosen are the sign of the upper crust. She thinks right. these are rich kids. And she, she thinks they're she's rich like, kids. She's doing the, the nouveau Potemkin version of wealth. She's just not yes. really wealthy. And she's she just knows trying to that later Hosen are the actual sign of wealth. So she thinks these, these kids, kids got are, dozens of later Hosen. <laughs> she thinks these kids come from a wealthy family. So she's going to try and extort them. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think... I think we've gone as far as, far as, 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 as we need to go. So let's. Uh... And then obviously it doesn't pan out for her. <laughs> okay, cut the deck, cut the deck, cut the deck. We're done. Oh. Well, unless you like the combination, then then you can keep the one you picked. The ugly duckling cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just writes itself. <laughs> well, of note, when we played Hitchcock musical uh-huh. uh, on on one of the last times you were a guest. We had cyberpunk Cinderella, I think, and we talked through, like, a, a, a cyborg Cinderella who leaves a, a cyborg leg. Uh-huh. We thought we were so clever, and one of the first comments we got from the listeners was like, that one's been done, guys. <laughs> that <laughs> that really we, we did not know. Okay. <laughs> cyberpunk Ugly Duckling. Okay, so Ugly Duckling, this is a Hans Christian Andersen story, speaking of which. So, so also not as happy as you might hope. <laughs> Yeah, Hans, he's a Hans weird did guy. Not end stories very well. Well, that story it ends it ends, ends happier than like the Little Mermaid. That one's better than better than most, and and more straightforward than the Snow Queen, which is just weird. Um, they're all weird. Um, but go Denmark because I'm a Christensen. Um, uh, okay, so Ugly Duckling is there's an egg that hatches. It's hatched by a duck, but it's not. It looks ugly. It looks ugly, yeah, right? It doesn't look like. The and others. all the ducks are mean to it. All the ducklings are mean to it. The ducks are, and then like it sees swans off in the corner, and oh, this it's is like, really oh, a Rudolph so story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and um, and then I guess it, Rudolph is an ugly duckling. And story. then it goes way away by itself for the for a year, and, and then, then it comes back, and it is a swan. And then it comes back, and it sees the swans again, and it decides it's going to let the swans peck it to death because it's so ugly. That's like, right. I forget this part. That part gets omitted you? in most modern tellings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is something. Again, going back, I'm like, oh yes, that part. There's a reason we don't tell the story anyway. And so it goes up to them, but then it sees its reflection in the water, and it just turns to a swan itself. 
problematic themes. Depression, bullying, suicidal tendencies. Value based on appearance. Yes, yes. Um, oh, wasn't there a, a reality show? Like, oh, it became Extreme Makeover Home Edition, but it actually began Extreme Makeover The Swan, where it was about a human plastic surgery. Oh, but then it became the no. Feel Good Home Edition, where everyone's like, okay, we're, we feel better oh, yeah. about this instead of makeover plastic surgery. Makeover makes a lot more, because you don't, Makeover Yeah, it was about people. plastic surgery, like, like contestants vying Yikes. for plastic surgery for the first season, and then it became Extreme Makeover Home Edition. And everyone's like, oh, this is such feel good television. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I have that bit of trivia <laughs> about reality TV. Yeah, because you're researching <laughs> reality okay. TV. So. How do we make that cyberpunk? Okay. Do we want duck? I, that's what I was <laughs> going to ask. Do we want it to be a duck? Do we retain so, the water foulness so, of the story? That's at its core. So the, the, I mean, really at its core, this is about living in three different worlds. You need air, water, and land, and creatures that can and do all of those. That's what the story is about. Okay, the other issue is that like you can have something that naturally turns into something else. So, so the problem is that, like, ugly, um, I don't know the name for baby swan. Ugly swanlings naturally grow up to be beautiful swans. So, like, that's not, that's not a... Well, and I don't I know like that... I just like it was swanling. I don't know. And I don't know swanling. that, I'm gonna I say don't know that the swanling is... All right, hold on, guys. Objectively, I'm gonna check this. is objectively ugly. It's just not a duck. It just doesn't when fit it, when in. When it's born, okay, that's a good ducks. question. I think I've seen them before. I think they actually are kind of ugly, but Hans may have been lying. You know, he, but I, but not... I, I always felt like the point was, oh, they're cute this... and cuddly and so what? fluffy. What? Look at that fluffball. <laughs> oh, that is pretty cute, actually. That's as cute as a duckling. What is even? It is on? cuter than a duckling. Don't listen to them. <laughs> um, oh, they're called cygnets. Cygnets. Oh, okay. Okay. With a C. Yes. C Y G. Okay. So from the Latin word for swan. Swan. Yeah. So it's which is cygnus. So is it really a story about <laughs> prejudice? Look how cute this is. <laughs> Today's podcast is Joe looks at pictures of baby swans. <laughs> oh, there's like five of them. <laughs> Just yeah. Back up. Back on track. Back on track. <laughs> sorry, sorry, look at that. <laughs> Yeah, because, okay. because you're gonna have to cut all this. Because a podcast where Joe squeals about pictures that the viewers, <laughs> listeners can't see. That's a good podcast. Okay. <laughs> oh, there's so many around the one grown up. <laughs> okay. 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 Back stop. Up. You gotta cut all this. Back up. Back up. Mm. No, this is like the entire composure intro. Okay. Um, so, is it about prejudice or is it about? Like developing, because the okay the problem mm-hmm. with it guys being about... teenage swans are a little ugly. Maybe this should be about an ugly teenage <laughs> do they, swan. Do they have like acne? <laughs> it's just they're modeled. They're yeah. really modeled in color. Um, it's, it's the, the the real downy feather in yeah, yeah, yeah. hasn't yeah. come in yet. You that's left kinda, the fuzz. That's kind of fun when they're like between between. Andrew just took the phone. <laughs> Um, okay, so the problem with the problem with telling the ugly duckling as a story of prejudice is that no one learns anything. It's like, yeah, it's okay to be fine to creatures that are ugly, and then it's okay, or they to be... don't look like you, right, right, and then like, and then like, you really should, you know, love swans because they're beautiful. Stay well, and it's also like stay in your lane. If you were with your own kind, you'd be happy, right? And the problem with seeing the original ugly duckling as like a story of growth is it's just like he naturally turns into something more beautiful. It's not like he learns anything about himself. He's ready to be like, I should be killed by the swans, and then it's just like, just kidding, I'm hot now so i deserve to live like those like none yeah, of that is a good that message value placed yeah. on. so um so but what if it's like what if it is 
Oh, this is almost going back to like the high school story. What if it's like one group might think you're not attractive, but when you find your people, you're good enough for your people. Like you don't have to, you don't have to like hate yourself because you don't fit in with one group. You can be a part of another group. I just don't want the the group that you belong to is like your physical marker. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. no. But but more like style or more or, like um, um, personality. I mean, and... We're in a cyberpunk setting, so right. Yeah. And we're in a cyberpunk setting. Okay. So so first we have to deconstruct the ugly duckling, and then we have to reconstruct it into cyberpunk. With, I, I'm still obsessed with the fact that waterfowl can live in all three realms. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe originally. He's in one of the realms, mm-hmm. or she, mm-hmm. leaves to one of the other, so starts on land, yeah. leaves for water, comes back in air, and yeah. that's where they find their place, is in the air. And, uh, okay, and, so, um, and what if they have cybernetic implants that allow them to fly and, and be breathe underwater? underwater yeah. mm-hmm. So we're not making it a cyber duck. I, these still could be ducks. Okay. <laughs> I personally very much like the idea of a waddle ka waddle ka waddle ka as the duck with one cybernetic leg yeah. walks around. <laughs> that loses it and becomes Cinderella. No, that's another story. Um, okay, so... And and the evolution... Hmm. Now, literally, are we doing cybernetic ducks? I kind of love it, but uh, I understand yeah. if you don't. I, I, <laughs> I'm fine with cybernetic ducks, but you... I still I'm, don't know where we're going. Yeah, right. what is the evolution? Yeah, what is evolution? Is there is some the evolution kind of... new cybernetic appendages being added, which is still really problematic about finding your self worth by adding? Or do yeah. this? Or do the cybernetic implants have this like life cycle where they actually like when you level up they actually work, but for a while they don't or something? Or like the battery runs down and it's just literally. I'm trying to think. <laughs> You're dragging. So instead of a waddle, it's a waddle as it's dragged across the ground. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Can we come up with a? version of the ugly duckling development that's not problematic in some way like that so is I straightforward think we, i and think like, we can turn it into it's okay like you don't well it's okay to be different like yeah, more so than you don't have different. to fit in with everyone uh, you can right fit in where, and people will like you, you do fit in yeah people and will like you for who you are um you just need to let it like give it time maybe uh, so kind of by analogy um a friend of mine was coming down to a to a conference um, and where she lives in the in the city where she lives, she has different sort of political and social beliefs from most of her neighbors. But then, like, she's met a group of people that she really gets along with, and she goes to like conferences and conventions with them. And like, what happened was she took some friends down to this conference, and she has like dozens of friends. And like, oh, so and so, this person's like, how do you have so many friends here when like you know back in your small town you don't get along with everyone? Um, and so it's sort of like when you find your people, you know, they'll they'll love you for who you are. You don't have to change who you are. You don't have to. Mm. You know, but, like, like there's like the people who appreciate you have unique things about you, and there are people who appreciate that about you, even if the people that you grow up with don't. Right, and those people will not try to peck you to death. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. So it's about connecting with with. I mean, I think common parlance is your tribe, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and, your, and your group, and sometimes you got to give it time to mm-hmm. find them, and it's okay to give it that time. And sometimes the people you grow up with or born with are not... They're not going to be it. Right. You need a chosen right. family the you know... The, right. Yeah, so um, and what I, that in Cyberpunk with the ducks? Well, I think this is a society where um, 
it, it, I, I don't want to just be like all ducks and there's the one outside. I think we need an array of waterfowl, our, our present. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's not just all ducks swans. that are, are evil and jerks and bullies and right. then all swans right. swans become good. Ducks. Yeah, and it's more about finding your place amongst this wide array of waterfowl that are part of the, the magical tapestry of these animals that can do all three things. I just don't... I really like animals that can do that. Um... I don't think we've really, like, couched this into cyberpunk terms, but I'm okay with moving on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we landed as well on this one as we did the Goldilocks or the, uh, what's the first one we did? Red, a little red, 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 Riding Hood. Right, right. But uh, I think we do want to try and get one more in, so. Yeah, I think think we I leave you with the image of fuzzy ducklings with a half-cybernetic face. Uh, or or, okay. or and one with a cybernetic bill, no reason. Right. Just that is, uh, mm-hmm. you know. This a, is part of a. This is just part of a collection of of cyberpunk, Hans Christian Andersen stories. So every story is like this. That's just how it is. Yeah, and um, you you do see like the workshop where there's the duck like doing the head nod to drop the welding mask and then <laughs> welding some more, uh, right. cyber, like in its little fuzzy <laughs> wings. Yes. It's it's welding a new piece. Right. Yeah. And but I think the important thing is that we kind of nailed down. A positive version of the ugly duckling. Yeah. yeah. Cut the duck, cut the duck, cut the duck. Thank you. I just don't All right, this will be our final entry, listeners. Steampunk, Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Classic Little Mermaid. Yeah, let's go through Classic Little Mermaid. Um, I just remember she's sea bubbles at the end, or foam. Sea yeah. foam. foam. Yeah. yeah, so the Little Mermaid lives under the water with her sisters, and on their, and on, when they get old enough, they get to go up to the ocean for like one day a year, and she's finally old enough, and so she goes up after all her sisters, and she sees, so she goes up to the, to the surface, and she sees the prince, and she, and he falls out of the ship, and she rescues him, and she falls in love with him, and she carries him to shore where there's like, a temple of some sort there and there's a woman who comes out and he doesn't see the little mermaid he sees the woman who comes out of the temple and he thinks that that's the person who saved him and then she goes to the sea witch and she decides that she wants legs and that she wants to be able to go up to the surface and she says that she can have legs guys it's gonna get dark again because it's Hans Christian Anderson but it will feel like she's she'll be a beautiful dancer she won't have a voice but she'll be a beautiful dancer but it will feel like she's walking on knives all the time whenever mm-hmm. she walks so she goes up to the surface and she finds the prince but he's not in love with her and he's in love with he doesn't know who rescued her he doesn't know who she is I mean he thinks she's like this amazing maiden who came from the sea and she's a beautiful dancer and it, like he really he likes her as a friend but um and then he's in love with the woman at the temple who saved him but then he's betrothed to a princess and he doesn't want to marry the princess but then it turns out the princess was the woman at the temple so then he's okay with marrying her because she was on like a princess exchange program at the temple and um and so then he marries her and one of her sisters gives her a dagger and says, if you kill the prince on his wedding night, then the curse will be lifted and you can come back. But she can't bring herself to do it. So instead, she... I don't think she killed herself. I think she just... Jumps in the water. Jumps in the water. Yeah. Yeah. And she's going to turn into sea foam. Oh, but human beings have souls. Sorry, I should have said humans yeah. have souls and, and mermaids, mermaids don't. don't. And but then it turns out that she's been such a good human being for not killing the prince that the angels decide that she is worthy of having a soul. A soul, but she has to be in purgatory for like hundreds of years, and then eventually, <laughs> Joe is giving us a look. Hans. And then eventually, what, what, was Hans, <laughs> what issues was Hans weird. working out about know. his faith structures Being. and? Being a <laughs> uptight 
Scandinavian. I don't know. Um, yeah. Was this written in the winter? The Scandinavian winter? <laughs> this, this doesn't sound like a Scandinavian Probably. summer story. And then I think at the very end, it's like, if you do a good deed, it takes one day off of the, the of Little her. Mermaid sentence. But if you do a bad deed, she cries for you. And every tear that she cries is like a year added to her sentence. That is not But balanced. she is seafoam until... Her sentence. She's not seafoam. She's a spirit of the air, and then she can go to, or she's gonna turn to a spirit, or maybe the spirits of the air. I think she, I think she avoids seafoam entirely. I think she's just like in purgatory. Okay. I'm not really clear on the exact. So the the steampunk tie-in is obvious, I think, to (laughs) all of us. Oh yeah, no, we don't even need to go there. It's, it's not like walking on knives. It's like walking on a steam engine. <laughs> so the tricky thing about steampunk is that I feel like, I don't know exactly when Hans Christian Anderson lived, but I feel like it's, you know, roughly Victorian or. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's kind of the, the level of technology that they're working with anyway. Yes. So Just what. Okay, more so. <laughs> what if she lives under, she's like part of a group of people that live underground submarine. somewhere. Yes. <laughs> they somehow live underground and she has to get in this like steampunk balloon to get to the surface. Pneumatic tubes. Pneumatic <laughs> tubes. But she's encased in the little pill inside the pneumatic tube. Though. Right. No, or that's how, yeah, or that's how, yeah, we, we will have pneumatic tubes. And she could be a mermaid too. So she could be like a mermaid. So the mermaids have advanced technology that the people on the surface don't have. And advanced the mermaids, steam technology. Because, steam because technology. they have a lot of water access. All the steam yes. vents. Yes. The and they communicate through pneumatic tubes so they can like have communication go through the water. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, and so, and the sea witch has even more advanced technology. Oh, she, she gives her steampunk legs. Like her, she still actually has her fin going on. <laughs> Like a, a mecha suit? Yes, exactly. Yes, a steampunk mecha suit. That is what right. she's coming out in. Okay. Which is very enticing to this prince. But, very but fortunately, very Vic- alluring. Victorian era clothing hides oh, all yeah, of hoop this skirt. because yes. it's a hoop skirt. A hoop skirt over the mecha suit. And so nobody can see that she has fish legs. Though right. she does walk very loudly. <laughs> And they're and it's actually like a kind of a good person, sort of like Oz in the He's in trying the, to help in, in yes. like the Wizard of Oz film mm-hmm. where where yeah. they're kind of doing their best, and so We're trying um, to bridge the gap between the sea right. and the surface, right? And they don't. Ooh, 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 ooh guys, guys, guys! <laughs> the inventor is a surface dweller that now lives under sea ooh. in a bubble oh. chamber because he's, nice. he's, he's and a such an inventor. Yeah. In a, okay, and travels in a pneumatic and, tube. A pneumatic tube, and people don't trust the land dwellers, which is why they have all these rumors about this person. That they're supposed to stay, and, away from and that's why it's verboten for her to yes to go yeah. consult there. Yes, and it, he's like that underwater hotel room that's been going viral video lately. Yes, yeah, that's that's where he lives and works. Right. <laughs> right. Okay, and the people and the mermaids have hired more technology than more advanced steam technology. So, like the people underground are like actual Victorian technology, and then like the people underground are like the steampunk, where like and they so they're can not do... expecting those steampunk legs. They're like, I don't know why she walks so loud. Right, right. But they don't suspect mech legs. Right. <laughs> you never suspect mech legs. <laughs> Who knows what's under those hoop skirts? There could have been a lot of craziness. Okay. <laughs> those things are billowing. So, otherwise, so far, it's pretty much in line. She, you know, 
wants to go to the surface, saves yes. him, yes. wants legs. I'm she not saves crazy the... about the eternal purgatory she's no, no, stuck no, no, in at no. the end I of the real we one. Can, we can tack on a Disney well, we're gonna, we're gonna. She saves him by putting him in a pneumatic tube. <gasps> and sending him to the surface? <laughs> yes, in the shipwreck. <laughs> He's really under there, like, for longer than is plausible, but yes. that's okay. But she gets him into a pneumatic tube, gets him out of there. I love this so much. Where... He sees the princess. Yeah, we need some forced love triangle happening. So in... Okay, yeah. Does he come out... Okay. Mm -hmm. Does he come out... She uses the same pneumatic tube that the inventor uses, so he comes out in the inventor's old home, which is where the inventor's daughter is, and he falls in love with the inventor's daughter. Okay. Crazy old Maurice. No, that's (laughs) somebody else. Um, We're not blending stuff here. But that that gets the love triangle, yeah. At least, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I like the idea of there. I was going somewhere with an inventor's daughter, so we were on the same the same track. Okay, and so then I, the I Little mean, Mermaid wants to go up. She does, but the prince is in love with the inventor's daughter. Okay, what if she doesn't have? What if she doesn't have a mecha suit? What if she has an actual fish tank under her her skirt? And she's just floating in and it like rolls along. And so she oh, so like, instead of a thunk thunk, it's a squeak, squeak, squeak of the she wheels. She has a wheel so she can roll along, but it's like all a tank underneath. <laughs> so she doesn't even have legs. She's just like in the tank. But it's under the hoop skirt. I, I sign okay. off on this adjustment. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And that's why her dancing is so good because she can spin and pirouette. It's as though she's weightless and and floating. Yes, she like weirdly bobs. Yes, it's like she's floating on the dance floor. Yes. Okay. But it but it's uh it, like it, there is still tech in there. Like she doesn't like oh, she's yeah, not no, reaching no, no, down no. and rolling. Yeah, no, yeah no, no, like no. the it's, wheels yeah, are powered. Right, right. And she and maybe she has like a little controller that'll let yes. her like with, like, with like her a, with her well, fin. her it's fins like, are touching the controller. It's in the yeah. tank. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like a motorized wheelchair. <laughs> yes. And then Prince just marries the inventor's daughter and then No. She, well, I mean, I mean, so okay, I think we can give it a happy ending cuz Hans Christian Edison was weird. The the Queen of Denmark said he didn't know how to end a story. <laughs> you so. know, the Queen of Denmark wasn't wrong. Actually, I feel like the Snow Queen ends well. It's just the middle is super, super weird in the Snow Queen. Like, there's just so much. Anyway. Um, and the beginning. Okay. The beginning is very weird <laughs> the for the Snow yes, Queen. Yes. We're going to have to talk about the Snow Queen at a later date. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, so, so she needs to, like, we need to have some kind of problem that she can solve or some sort of threat by her by her her steampunkiness. So there's something with the the fear of the you know the land dwellers versus the mm-hmm. you know yeah. the the ocean people somehow. And the and the land dwellers always hunted the ocean people. I mean, it makes sense that they would dislike them. The ocean people have just developed higher technology. Um, mm. Oh, the prejudice masking their own insecurities. Yes. Okay, so the prince, I, I kind of don't, I, my issue with the inventor's daughter is like, we don't have anything, like in the Hans Christian Anderson one, he actually marries her and she's a princess. And then in Disney, she's Ursula in disguise. And I feel mm-hmm. like we're not doing either of those. We don't really have anything to do for Nothing that makes it stand out. Right. Like her, so. So is the real enemy, so, so the Little Mermaid. The real enemy was with us all along. <laughs> <laughs> Was, was a friend. <laughs> well, I was gonna say. So, the Little Mermaid and the Prince do want to get married, mm-hmm. but the enemy is the prejudice he has against. 
Oh, when he finds yeah, out, she's people. and she's like really right, nervous. She's like, right. what's what's going to happen when he finds out? Because right. he really doesn't like them. And so maybe the maybe one of the so maybe he's maybe there's like a ball or something, and maybe and, that was, that was, and she's leaving a trail of water, and it's really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> And someone figures it out and then like rips off her skirt and it's just scandalous to begin with. But then there's extra scandal. It's like it's a fishbowl. It's a tank of water. It's a skirt she take of water. Like ah and she like goes out flop flop flops. Okay. And it is a fountain. Where's the fountain? But uh, I I guess the question is it, it feels like the love triangle is actually Forcing an issue that's not in the story we're telling, right? To try and introduce right. the inventor's yeah. daughter. Right. So should it just so be think, her fear of being an other mm-hmm. and pretending yes. not to be is so. is where the drama's coming and from? And if yeah. we, I mean, if we stretch it out even longer, it could be that like there was someone else in the court who was hoping to marry him, and that's the person who. And are we going to give them a happy ending or not? That's the other. I part. think we're going to give them a happy ending because we are rewriting Hans Christian Andersen because his stories are. I right. thought we were going to give it a tragic ending, and somebody breaks the tank, and she suffocates there <laughs> on the dance floor, and the prince. So she so has gills on her hips in this the, version. The prince is so prejudiced that he just turns back on her. He, he calls for the chef. Whoa, <laughs> Fish sticks that was, that, was, that was really dark, Joseph. Um, no, I think the happy ending we need is uh, he becomes... So he's still the prince. He's, he's not yet the king. The king is still there. He becomes the king's envoy to the underworld kingdom. They go Ooh, down together. And, and he enters nice. her world at this very point. Very nice. And they're wondering what happened to the inventor anyway. And they and that's like some big thing. Yeah, where they like finding the, the inventor. Maybe, she, maybe the inventor gave her something. The inventor gave her some piece of technology to like emergency technology to help her out. And it's clearly like the inventor's ring and they've been looking for it. And that's some sort of like when she can prove that the inventor's alive. and The inventor's the king's brother or something. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. good. Mm, yes. Okay. Or maybe... Or maybe the inventor is the well. Okay, this is the really king good. in disguise. No, the king's eldest son, who's the actual true heir. Oh. And then, and then the prince. See, I was thinking of Crazy Old Maurice. Now I've got to like de-age Crazy Old Maurice. He can still have a crazy beard because he's been be, down there for a while. Be, he's still yeah, be a very be, shaggy it man. It could be like the. It could be the king's brother or something. Anyway, but it'd be funny if he was like the true king and then he like came back to be the king. But I think he's actually pretty happy living under the sea. Yeah. Ha ha ha! No pun intended. <laughs> Okay, I think All right, I think we landed uh, of the ones that we've covered because we're gonna have to be wrapping up. I think Goldilocks is, with the is number one with the uh, Freaky Friday Groundhog Day finding yourself in high school. Yeah, like I, I think people would would watch the heck out of that. Yeah, uh, finding uh, finding the finding the right bear for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need. Okay, can we come up with a title for that one? Just right. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is a Disney Channel movie title. Just writing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel like we, we've done the uh, the Hallmark game as an annual yes. tradition. Mm-hmm. At some point, we may need to play a Disney Channel movie game. Yes. <laughs> Disney Channel original movie game. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, the, the Goldilocks, and I really like the steampunk Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought we got to a pretty good place with the Little, uh, little Red Riding Hood mm-hmm. dystopia. I don't know that we quite solved the Ugly Duckling mm-hmm. cyberpunk. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the weakest one. And so, yeah, listeners, if you've got a better spin on that, please feel free to let us know yes. in the comments. What was it? Did we do one other? No. No. Okay. Did we cover Hansel and Gretel? Oh, oh that's we did right. Do Hansel that's and right. Gretel. Well, I don't know that we landed on that, that one. Either. Yeah, that that's, was that's more that good. and the ugly duckling. Were like, yeah, nah, we're yeah. we're heading somewhere, but we got to move on. Yeah. Uh, 
All right, well, hopefully you enjoyed this, listeners. Uh, thank you very much, Kirsta, for suggesting this game and coming along to play it with us. That is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you, listeners, for downloading this episode. For show notes and links to all the other great Dueling Genre shows, you can go to DuelingGenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice, and please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We would like to thank Nick English, who designed our logo, and Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. If you enjoyed this episode, you might want to go check out episode number 190, when we had Kirsta on to play Hitchcock Musical, another uh, random mix of of uh, story or well, storyteller and genre, uh, and we just kind of talked through those ones. And I, I remember really enjoying the uh, J.K. Rowling Old West. <laughs> I think well, was was a good one that we we did in that episode or episode number two twelve when Andrew and I talked about Rapunzel's Revenge, which is what inspired you to want to do this uh, special episode. You can suggest stories or characters for us to discuss or give us any comments or corrections by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow at protagonistpod at Jay Dorowski. Our producer Andrew is at uh, is at Dizminute on Twitter. And Kirsta, you are BYU underscore librarian. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast. We enjoy our conversations there with our listeners and would love for you to jump into the conversation anytime. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can buy a topic for us to discuss or show your appreciation with a monetary donation by going to patreon.com slash protagonist. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. Bye-bye. near his laptop. He loves that. (laughs) Just gesture. Uh Yes, very emphatic with your hand motions while you're holding the water.